Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Soju Chronicles in 2024. I am Nat. Ooh, and I'm Nikki. And we are back to talk all things anime. <laughs> <laughs> we are back to talk all things mangas, animes, dramas, cartoons, nerd shit, nerd shit. Books and you know all the in between. Oh, I'm sorry, it was a mouthful. I just had to think about all the stuff we talk about on here because you know we'd be going off topic a lot. We talk so. about everything, everything, basically whatever we feel like talking about. So yes, whatever um, the Lord sets upon our soul to discuss with you guys this week is exactly. the sermon that we preach. <laughs> uh so we can start as we always do with what we're drinking what are you drinking nikki um so it's dry january therefore i'm not drinking any alcohol until the end of january <laughs> mainly also too i've just been really lazy to go to the liquor store to put any alcohol <laughs> in here um because the only thing i have is like rum cream and i just any meal that i'm eating i'm never like mm, let me pour a glass of rum cream you know um so anyways what i'm actually drinking is and because you know it's it's we need some health because it's sick season so i'm drinking uh trader joe's mango juice smoothie um it's like a mango parade brand with fruit juices and other added ingredients vitamin a vitamin c no artificial flavoring and then it bullies you and tells you that you need to drink it within seven days of opening it and that's definitely for somebody like me because I take fucking forever to, to drink or eat anything as you know because you witness it in person but it's mango puree apple juice orange juice banana puree lemon juice and then uh sugar starch and then rosemary ex vitamin e and rosemary extract anyways sounds good. delish I like delish. it I did see that a um, fair amount of people are doing the whole dry January thing. Um, I saw Kat Graham was like doing some ads for it and stuff like that. She looks gorgeous. Mm. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to drink. So <clears throat> ah! I'm drinking this Chill Street Night Moves. It's black man mango. Sorry, it's blackberry mango flavored cider with wine. And it mm -hmm. says sweet Vidal provides the base for our juiciest blend ever. Notes of blackberry and pear on the nose and mango, apricot, and peach on the palate lead to a surprisingly dry finish. It actually does taste good, to be honest. Um, it does. That's good. I was surprised because it was just like, you know, they got a lot of things going on here. And I was just like, hmm. Well, when I drank it, it, it tasted fruity with like a slight kick. I mean, it's only like 6.8%. There's not like much in here. Uh, so, and they have a little message here. This is from St. Catharines. I think a lot of the stuff isn't from St. Catharines, to be honest. Uh, we believe Chill Street is that place we all go to step back, wind down, and reconnect with ourselves, our family, and our friends. To have a laugh, talk old times, and share some great food, and just do nothing. A happy place. It is our hope that through our products, we play a small role in helping you enjoy what it truly feels like to chill and remember what's important in life. And honestly, I think that's a good message going into this episode. You know, I think it I agree. All right. So uh, let us start as we always do with like animes, mangas, dramas, nerd shit, you know, 
the uh, well no dramas is not here no drama sorry <clears throat> i said dramas <laughs> and i actually meant like webtoons and stuff like that <laughs> you meant like webtoons and like uh comics yeah, exactly. and mangas blah, blah blah so i generally hand on the bible cannot remember anything that i have watched in the last like two weeks because the only thing that I've been watching has been Sispas because I've been getting caught up on the most Ugh. girls. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't know what is going on in Tyler Perry's head when he writes these shows. But anyways, it actually just makes me so disgusted with men. Like, just so disgusted. But I, I, I know I watched Blue-Eyed Samurai but I can't remember if I liked it or not, which is crazy, right? So I feel like if I liked it, oh, okay. I would have probably remembered if I liked it. I think I liked it yeah. enough that I would watch the second season, but um, but because I can't remember anything about it, I got nothing to say. I'm sorry. So <laughs> take it away, Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So I did actually watch quite a bit of stuff. Uh, I was telling Nikki that, like, I... I've been on, like, a nerd shit sort of tangent, I guess. Um, maybe because I haven't done a lot of, like, sci-fi, fantasy, that kind of stuff uh, in the last... Like, over last year, I don't think I did much sci-fi. And, I, you know, I did some fantasy here or there, but I didn't really do that much. So I was just like... I started with Rogue One. I'm not going to talk about Rogue One because um, it doesn't fit in what I've been watching. Uh, yes, I decided to do the whole Star Wars thing. So I've been doing it from um, chronological order, not with when like when they're um, released, but like how they fit in the world of Star Wars. So unfortunately, I did have to start with episode one, <laughs> which was awful. <laughs> As always, I don't know what George Lucas was thinking with episode one. That is like one of the worst, like not even like films, just bodies of work that i've ever watched before in my life i don't should i make it. a confession and tell you that i've sure. literally never been able to make it through a single star wars movie really like a literally huh. none of them none of the old ones none of the new ones none of them really? like and the thing oh. is i've watched like bits and pieces but never like the whole thing ever huh Okay, that is very interesting. Um, I so I mean I the first ones that I watched were at school actually. You know days when like your teacher just didn't want to teach or whatever. We would watch um like Star Wars just like in class and stuff like that. So I mean I the first time I actually watched it of my own derision is when I went to see Episode One, Two, and Three in theaters with my friends when we were teenagers young adults kind of thing and then I actually do have episode three four and um sorry no episode four five and six which is the original trilogy that came out in the 70s uh I have that on VHS <laughs> because I got it at like a used store and I mean I kind of just keep them as collectibles to be quite honest like uh, somebody stole my D my VCR years ago so I don't I can't actually watch anything on VHS anymore but I still have it here and it's it's fine. Those are my favorite films to watch. So I was actually more excited to get to them, but I have so much to get through. So I'll just be very quick. Episode one, 
awful. I mean, it's really just um, the Jedi Master Jin and his Padawan, which is like his his um, like assistant in a sense. Like you're, it's like the Jedi are always like master and they're like trainee kind of thing, and they call them Padawans. And in this Padawan is Obi Wan Kenobi, who's like obviously super important to the overall story. Blah 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 blah. They land on Tatooine um, and they end up um, running into Anakin Skywalker and his mom. And there's this unnecessary pod scene, pod racing scene that lasts for like 45 minutes or some shit like that. It's awful. I skipped it because it has nothing to do with the story. It really absolutely doesn't. The only point of it is to show that he, because they're slaves, basically, um, Anakin and his mom are slaves and they use this race to buy his freedom. She stays. And so they find out that he's like this prophesized child because he don't have a daddy. He like Jesus. Anakin Skywalker in this is literally like Jesus because he don't have a daddy. The force is his daddy and the force impregnated his mama. That's like his, that's his story basically. And so um, this is with showing um it what i like about the original trilogies i mean i I say it's awful and this film is awful but what the original trilogies does is it shows us how the empire has been created and like how it went from like this democracy of the universe to a single fascist government and it starts with like a lot of deceit and the, the best part of these films is the politics and so in the politics we have um Pad, what's her name? Padme, who is played by Natalie Portman, and she's the mom of Luke and Leia, and she is the love interest for Anakin eventually, and she's like the um, the queen of uh, Queen. She's Queen Amidala, and she is you know starting her political career, and they're trying to save her. Blah 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 blah. Um, and then the what happens is that the Sith starts to, which is like the dark side of the Force. Basically, they only use the dark side of the Force, and they're all like bad guys and they start sort of showing their hand with the sith leader and his padawan and um the padawan fights obi-wan kills Jin, and in Jin's flat dying death like words are basically you have to train anakin he's i think he's the chosen one and so without that anakin was actually not going to be a jedi and this whole story would have been a lot different <laughs> so um you just got to kind of like, that's kind of like the gist of the first film is that now Anakin is going to be a Jedi because Jin died and that was his dying wish. And so Obi-Wan Kenobi makes it happen. And so the second movie is, is the Clone Wars and it shows how we're moving into like this next phase and how like the Jedi, see the Jedi actually orchestrated their own downfall. I'm not saying that like it was, you know, something they deserve because I don't believe that, especially since they had these people out here killing kids. But I will say the strict rules of the Jedi allowed the darkness and also them not letting people know that they couldn't see fully in with the Force because of the rising darkness from the Sith also played a part in this. Because in this, we had Palpatine who has two personas. He's a dark lord. And also he is like a politician who actually is from um, Amidala's like, country. And how he slowly starts gaining powers, slow like 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 right wing conservatives. You know they they play the long mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? And so he yeah. orchestrates from both sides. So basically, he is playing the good senator who's trying to save the galaxy. Meanwhile, in the background, he's orchestrating the downfall and the rise of his power. And he's 
forcing this clone war that's going to give him emergency powers that basically make him a dictator sort of going forward. And so that's like what happens. And then obviously there's a love story. Oh my God, Hayden Christensen cannot act. I knew this at however age I was when I watched his movie in the theaters, but it was so hard to watch. He's so bad of an actor. I don't know who he beat for the role of Anakin Skywalker, but anybody probably was better than him. Okay, is all I got to say on that. And their forced love story. I, mean, I don't even know why they're in love. I mean, I know he's obsessively in love with her because he's always been. Minute, literally, the minute he saw her as a kid, he was like, you're the most beautiful woman in this galaxy. I want to be by your side all the time. So he basically, like, was obsessed with her from the beginning. And he gets a little, like, handsy and weird at the beginning. I'm like, sir, you need to calm down. Like, she don't want you like that. And of course, like, they almost die. And she's always like, she's, I guess in that moment, she's like, you know, I want to live. I want to truly live. Like, you know, Elena in TVD or whatever. And so they get secretly married. Because Jedi are not supposed to get married. Jedi are not supposed to have, like, um, strong sort of emotional bonds like that. Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to devote yourself completely to the Force. And so um, we start to see Anakin sort of going to the dark side. Because his mom actually got bought by some dude because she was a slave right um so she got bought by some dude who was in love with her and he married her and like they like they're free they live on this farm and like you know she she got kidnapped and he was having these really weird dreams about her being in danger and so he like doesn't listen to any of the orders and he goes to to tattooing tuni and to to, like get her and um basically she dies in his arms because she was basically tortured by these slavers or these 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 monster creatures whatever and so he kills all of them like this whole village of these non-human beasts he kills all of them including the kids and you start to see like his slow descent and also too like (laughs) like clearly palpatine is grooming anakin and has been grooming him for a long long time like i don't know i feel like the signs were kind of there i feel like they didn't have enough black people in in here because samuel jackson was in it but he was a little busy and he you know he was not he was he was too much about following the rules i think they need to have some more black people in here would be like "Mm." but i feel like this guy has a bit too much power and it's weird that he's getting all these powers while this shit's going on you guys don't know what's going on you just don't know about the sith there's a lot of questions going on and, and you're just handing power to this one dude i think that's weird i don't know but I mean, obviously, I'm an outsider. I'm not in the situation. So obviously, I don't see it from the inside. I see it from the outside. But this is actually one of them stories where if people talked a little bit more and were like not so secretive, I feel like things would have worked out a little bit better than they had, you know? <laughs> but anyways, uh, so after that is the Clone Wars TV show, which is seven seasons. I only did one season because I didn't want to like overload it. Honestly, the first season is very much like Monster of the Week kind of thing. So like, it's, it's just about... Um, during the Clone Wars. And the Clone Wars is that um, some Jedi master from years ago that they, that had died, had a vision. And so he commandeered like this, this group of people to make clones. And they took one of the um, Mandalorian, I think, one of the, the, um, I think Oba Fett or something like that. They took, they took um, Boba Fett's dad, who's technically not his dad because he's a clone of him. He just was raised like normally. But anyways, they took his dad and they cloned him. And so they used, that's that's why they call it the Clone Wars because it's that army versus um, 
an old Jedi master um, who turned to the dark side and he's the rebel, I guess, in this case. And he has like a droid. So it's like droids versus clones kind of thing. And um, it's kind of cool because like the clones all have like, even though they're absolutely the same, they all have like different personalities. Uh, <laughs> I really like Rex, not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, it's just basically like, and and deals with um, Skywalker and his Padaway because he has a Padawan now too, um, Ahsoka, who actually has a TV show that I think is airing right now. Uh, but they're trying to show you know everything that goes on in that time between the second and the third film, which is Revenge of the Sith, which in my personal opinion is the best of the of the like pre prequel series. Uh, but yeah, so I'm still watching that. I'm trying to like my friend. Well, you know Liz. Liz says it's gonna get better. Um, cause she had been wanting me to watch this for Liz! years. But I was like, yeah, but I was just like, mm, it seems kind of long, but yeah, I'm getting through it real quick. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so that was my Star Wars rewatch slash watch for the first time. Cause I never watched the Clone Wars. So, uh, that's happening. It's interesting. Hopefully by the time we get back, I'll be like halfway through. Um, I did hear it gets really good and it does have really good reviews near the end. So I'm really excited to, to see how like better it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also um so on top of that talk about like the whole sci-fi thing i also watched the doctor who christmas specials because they're they're exclusive for disney plus now so it's basically like three christmas specials um well one christmas special and three like additional episodes and i guess the big like the only thing worth noting really is that david Tennant, who played the 10th doctor is back as the 14th doctor and we also got a return to Donna Noble and her daughter is, is um, somebody that she has named Rose. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to, I don't know, I don't know what it is about Doctor Who, but they treat 10 like 10 needs to get everything. Like 10 got a clone that got to live with the other, like the, the Rose that he fell in love with. So he got to have a normal life with her. This 10, you know, now he... This whole thing was about him being able to retire and live with the people that he saved. So he understand, like, he finally gets to, like, bear the fruit of his labor kind of thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was really, it was cute, though. I will say that I hadn't watched Doctor Who in a long time. I tried to get into Jodie's and um, series, which I wasn't a huge fan of. She was 13. I still think 13 should be the original 13, which is the bad guy from like old Who. But, you know, whatever. They went with a woman. That's great. I'm happy. But I never really got into her. And then I didn't get into third to 12 at all. I think he yelled too much. He was really angry, like even angrier than nine. And it's like, dude, it's been a while. You should be, you should fucking calm down. Um, obviously 11, I loved. And um, yeah, so 14 is, what I really want to say about that is that the episodes were fantastic. I was literally glued to my seat. My sister is sick. So I was literally like, um, sitting down rubbing her back watching Doctor Who like over New Year's and um yeah it was it had me on the edge of my seat I knew nobody was gonna die but I was still so committed to what was was going on Wolf before the actor who played Wolf um Bernard I can't remember his last name before he passed um he had filmed some stuff for it. So it was actually really, really great to see him. And it was very diverse. One thing I want to say is that it was smack full of diversity, but it wasn't like slapping you in the face. Like, look at us, we're diverse. Give us some applause. You know what I mean? Because Rose, um, Donna's daughter Rose is biracial and a a trans girl. Um, And then there was um, 
a person who I can't remember her name, who was a part of unit who was in a wheelchair and fucking badass, like beating people up in charge, like so cool. A lot of women, um, the new doctor, obviously um, 15 is a black man who um, is very much like doesn't conform to any gender, which is great. And so, um, yeah, I would say if you were a Doctor Who fan, especially if you love 10, watch his specials. I did watch the last episode, which is a Christmas special called The Church on Ruby Road, which is the introduction more of the new Doctor, who's played by, I can't, oh, I'm going to probably butcher his name, Nikuti Gatwa. Uh, he's from a Sex Education, I think. Yeah, he's from Sex like, Yeah, yeah which is a popular show on Netflix. I've never watched it, but a lot of people love it. I thought he was fantastic in the role. He embodies, I think, what I saw of Jodi and what I saw of like 10 and um, a little bit of nine. So I thought it was like a really good way to sort of, uh, I think he, he, his doctor is good. I think his doctor is solid. Obviously, we also have a return of Russell T. Davis, who introduced Doctor Who back in 2005. And what I will add was a joint venture between BBC and CBC. So yes, Doctor Who came back through the help of Canadians. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, obviously that's my, also my favorite Doctor is Nine um, because I mean, he was fantastic. But anyways, yeah. So I thought it was really good. Uh, the new companion is a, is a blonde white girl, but she was adopted by like a Jamaican lady and lives there with the lady and her mom so like it's like three generations in the house and um they just i think they're trying to adopt like another baby and yeah she, she the mo- the woman fosters and it's it's right i i will say the jamaican accents or the attempts at jamaican accents were not great they were very bad actually <laughs> but you know it's the effort i guess that counts i mean how that's many times how someone the new the that like um they have so i went to watch mean girls yesterday and one of the mm-hmm. trailers was the Bob Mart, the new Bob Marley movie. And me and my friend were just like, he does not sound even a little bit Jamaican. Like, <laughs> we were like, that is such a phony accent. Like, it was such a phony it's accent. Bad. The thing but is, anyways. Jamaican, there are like so many good Jamaican actors. Like, they have an industry, guys. Like, you could just hire somebody. Just, or somebody who was of Jamaican descent enough to actually be around native accents. Mm-hmm. there's so many of us worldwide i'm sure you could find some people okay like you could Anyways, definitely yeah, have so. found someone like that's it was crazy right. i was just like wow Anyways, continue. right uh but yeah i just wanted to, to say that it was like the first episode was really good it introduced sort of intrigue like we already have had like five doctors so by now like they shouldn't a lot of it's not surprising but I do think that they brought back the mystery to it and they brought back RTD also really liked to have like really like not childish, but like not very sophisticated sort of um, bad guys in terms of like the monsters that they use. So they're like immature, you know, there used to be like farting jokes and stuff like that back in the day. And I think he brought a little bit of that back. And I thought that was good because I think Doctor Who for a while was taking itself too seriously. I mean, you're you started in the 60s where people could see the wires, you know, attached to the spaceships that were flying across the screen in black and white. Like, I feel like you need to go back to some of those roots, okay? <laughs> so I would definitely recommend The Church on Ruby Road and also um, David Tennant's three episodes uh, bef- that lead to it. So there's that. And uh, 
also i watched before we because we were supposed to we were gonna do an episode before the year ended and we just didn't end up doing it which is fine uh but uh, i did watch something that i um was meaning to talk about there and it's called um what's it called Ooku, I think it's what it's called. Um, yeah, Ooku, and it's on Netflix. It's like an anime about a world where like men keep like have died out. Like seventy five percent of men have died out, and so um, it's about like the court and how the queen has like all these men that she just oh is keeps that that like herself that, is that that anime that it's like Ooku like bathhouse or something like that? And it was, it's yeah, it's called Ooku, oh, the yeah. inner chambers. Yes. And yeah. so it's um, the outline is like in the world of Ooku, the inner chambers is modeled on the Edo period in Japan and centers on the Ooku of Edo Castle, where the basis of social management power shifted from men to women as a result of the rapid decline in the male population caused by a mysterious plague. And so um, in this work, figures who are male in history, such as the shoguns for generations and those who held important positions are replaced by women and figures who are female by men. And so it starts like in the present and then it goes to the like there's only like six or eight episodes, something like that. Episodes, and like yeah. It, yeah, and then it goes I, only, I watched like past. I think I watched one and a half. I think. Mm. Well the crazy. first episode is really long. So that that probably was why. Because <laughs> like I was like, wait, I thought these episodes were like 30 minutes. The first episode was like an hour. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh so it starts in the present where this guy gets selected to go to the Ooku and he goes there and he sees it's just like a bunch of pricks basically because they're all like men who are are living the high life at this point, right? And sort of clamoring to be the stud for the show for the um emperor, the the shogun and um uh, you know bear the the children that are required you know in those positions and so um this dude goes there and he meets the um emperor and he's all like uh okay you know this place is weird but he's gonna like do it because it when you are selected money gets sent back home for your family and that's you know very helpful obviously so he's gonna like try to bear it but tell me why in a world where 75% of the male population is gone. The people in this who are raping people, because that happens still, are men. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was like, wow. Because this man, literally, one of the initiations to be in the Ooku is to be raped by other men. Other of men in the Ooku. Because he wakes up and one guy, one guy's holding one arm, one guy's holding one arm, one guy's in front of, like, behind him. And he's like, oh, they want to fight. That's fine. I'm, I have, you know, I'll beat their asses. And then they start, like, licking his body. He's like, wait. And I was like, wait. Because I was, like, not expecting that at all, to be quite honest. Uh, but basically, he gets selected. And there's this law where anybody who, like, takes the virginity of the empress or whatever has to die um but she was like uh, but he's just like don't kill me you know like i mean if you have to you know whatever do it but i have somebody back home that i love and i want to go back to her blah 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 so they let him so basically they i can't remember if they have sex or not but he they fake his death and then they he goes back and he gets to live with this woman and have all the money and like whatever and then it goes to the past like when this plague had just hit and how 
they created the system of the ooku and it's like really crazy because once again 75 percent of the men in japan are dead but why is her council all men who tell her what to do at the end of the day it was like so weird i was like okay so you like we would literally have to just kill all the men <laughs> if we want the system to like be different we would have to literally just get rid of all of them at this point because even them 25 percent are causing fucking problems uh, so basically, the, the empress that comes into power, like right when everything pops off, is also like she's she's the product of the king going around and just fucking people like on the street and cutting their hair. Like literally, that's what it is. And so she goes into power and she falls in love with this guy, um, but they can't have kids, so she has to take other men. And even though like they're still in love with each other, um, he's the one who creates all of the rules that we have. That this guy in the first episode is like what the fuck is this you know like all the rules that he's like this is awful starting with this one dude who was just jealous because the love of his life had to like be with other men and he you know you know his role in that that sense was like he was still in he still had a high position but he wasn't the one to give her the kids that she needed and so he you know made it very ostentatious like it was like very like everything was just like too grand and expensive and the men were just you know like nobody battled anymore they were just there to be pretty peacocks and Mm -hmm. um he's they also she started the rule because she like her herself she went out disguised as like a, a page boy or whatever and some guy you know sexually assaulted her and um so that was why the rule was that whoever took the virginity of the empress whatever had to die because she killed him and her ruling was that basically um he made the 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 empress bleed so off with his head um and so we got to see sort of like how the world sort of like the aftermath of this plague and how like they these women these houses basically were just like who had sons that still survived were like either you know putting their son like selling their sons off to people like people like anybody could go to a a house that had a son and be like i want your son you know for a night and and pay this family or poorer families would put them in these like weird sort of like prostitution houses um and literally like it didn't matter the state of the man or the boy in some cases they were like you know some of them had like mental illnesses physical disabilities they were really old full of diseases and they were just like in these cages kind of and were just like where poor women went to get somebody um and it was it was like interesting because a lot of the stuff that the stories dealt with like they they also followed this one family where all the sons died and then the 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 eldest daughter took over and like she was in charge of you know like chilling the fields and like you know making sure they're they're their house still had food and, and money and the town as well too. She basically was like the mayor of this town at this point. Um, and it sort of dealt with like some of the catastrophes that happened in the time of the Ooku. Cause it really did exist. It was just obviously gender flipped in, in reality. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was it, cause it ended then with a return to the present where the new empress was like, Ooh, this is a waste of money. And so she sent everybody basically back home, like from the old <laughs> and disabled it. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was an interesting story. Uh, I thought, I don't know, I just like I, I like that it tied so much to actual reality in terms of like the events in Japan at the time. So I would be like, oh, is this real? So I would like look something up, and uh, I I don't know, it just 
it wasn't really like a happy story. I think that's like, mm-hmm. I don't think it was supposed to be. Um, I don't think that was the point of it, but it wasn't a very happy story because outside of the first guy who like was able to go back with his like and be with the love of his life and have his family taken care of, almost everybody in the story had like really miserable existences, to be honest. It was like really very much about duty and, you know, duty. And and like there's this one story, uh, the guy who was in love with the empress, he was actually like um, a priest before that. And so the person who was in charge of like running the country basically um she was like um no you're gonna you're you're coming to the ooku and you're gonna we're gonna make you by killing your servants um if you don't fuck these prostitutes and like it was very like (laughs) it was not a happy story i mean even though he did fall in love with the empress and whatever like it wasn't that happy of a story in the middle to be honest so i don't know i if i had to give it a rating like it, it was an interesting tale, but it's not something that I would ever go back to because it just felt really it's just sad overall. Um, <laughs> uh, but I guess if I had to rate it out of 10, I would I would give it a 6.5. I'm not actually I would give it to a seven because even though I didn't get much enjoyment of it, I did get a lot of knowledge of Edo Japan at the time from it. And it actually did make me think a lot mm-hmm. more of like a world without men outside. Cause the, the only other thing that I can think of is like why the last man. And I never actually finished that. Uh, but it, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it just gave it another perspective. It gave me more to think about. So I'll give it a seven, whatever. Uh, okay. And so I rewatched Lord of the Rings trilogy, but we're going to watch it together. I just want to say that after, so um frankie on instagram she's like a a black nerd basically she has great videos oh you guys should check her out uh she actually just watched Lord of the rings for the first time and i got to talking to some people in the comments about like the films because i always felt like the books were better than the films uh overall and i didn't really like return of the king i always usually stopped midway through it or something like that like when i used to rewatch it but i rewatched it in full and i want to say that i do like return of the king a little bit better now um after giving it a, a, a better try and listen into other people's things thoughts and opinions on it so but we i won't get into any of that really because you know we will watch it together because you've never watched the lord of the rings trilogy which is like how <laughs> how I mean, I'm sure I have. I just don't remember watching it. Uh, so they took us to see... Oh, so I actually also have Fellowship of the Ring on VHS. I actually got it as a gift when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. I don't know. I I, I got it like when those movies were fresh, okay? And our teacher, like we, we actually did see it for English class in one year. I can't remember. I think like nine or 10 or something like that because we were following the hero journey of um, Frodo. So, yeah, it, yeah, so I remember in 13, 14 when it came out, uh, but yeah, I, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I have it on Blu-ray, I have it on DVD, I have the extended version, usually that's what I watch. Me and my best friend actually attempted to watch it in theaters, like, the whole trilogy. The only thing, she had to go a little bit early, she had something up, but um, if she didn't, we would have sat there for those, like, 12 hours or whatever and watched it. It. It's, it's a great series. So I'm really excited to watch it with you for the first time because you've never watched them. And uh, I mean, I probably of. have. I, mean, I probably have. have. Yeah. I just don't remember. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. 
Um, but yeah, um, I had, that is actually it. It was a okay. lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. All right. So, okay. uh, dramas. Woo! Um, so the only thing that I've watched is what we're watching together. Okay. So I actually did attempt to watch a drama. Uh, it's a Chinese drama called Memories of Love and it's on Netflix that's the only reason why I even looked at it and it's based on a novel of the same name that tells the story of a young couple who finds their love rekindled after being separated for 10 years Uh, let's see In Flowers Shall Send Us On Our Way which I guess is probably the Chinese version of the name of this drama Uh, Wallace portrays Lu Fei, a seemingly perfect Prince Charming who unexpectedly encounters the stubborn and rebellious young oh, yeah, lady Wallace Jin Chen. Sorry? Wallace who? Yes. He's fine. Anyways, no, he sorry. Can... No, no, no. Wallace Chang. Wallace Chang. Sorry. Oh, I don't know Wallace Chang. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Uh, so despite their clashing personalities, they find themselves drawn to one another and eventually fall in love. However, they later separate, and it is not until 10 years later when Lu Fei lets go of his newly versioning company overseas and returns to search for Jin Chen that they discover the meaning of their love. So I'll be honest, I only watched it because Aaron Yen was in it, and then I googled Aaron Yen and I saw that he was caught up in the Me Too situation, and he absolutely did that, and also he absolutely did that with somebody who was underage. Um, so I... I kind of was like, mm, I don't know if I want to finish watching this drama. But uh, outside of even that, it's not even that good of a story. So basically, like, Lufei and Jin Chen meet when they're, like, late teens, maybe, early 20s, whatever. And they are, like, madly in love. And then he's like, oh, because he wants to be, like, a director or whatever. So he's like, I need to go where, you know, Hollywood is. I need to go where the studios are, where the money is. And she gets all pissed off because she's like, you promised me forever. And he's like, I'm going to be back. I, I promise. And But she hates him or whatever. So he comes back 10 years later and she's still holding a grudge about it because, you know, she didn't get over herself, I guess, this whole time. So he's like, like, I know I kind of usually like simps, but in this case, I feel like he did too much <laughs> because oh. she's. Like, I think that she's just like so adamant she doesn't want this to happen. We're five episodes in, and she's still adamant that you know she doesn't want anything to happen between them. And he's still like doing everything in his power to make it up to her. She's and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, sir, like she doesn't want you. And honestly, at this point, I don't think that you she even deserves you because like. You went to fulfill your dream just because she's stuck here. You know, she was a dancer and she like works for a studio now. And she, but she also like, I guess works for her uncle who I don't care what anybody tells me. Her and her uncle have more chemistry than her and the male lead. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules here, but I was like, wait a minute. Like her and her uncle seem real close, like best friends close. And it was weird. But then I also like, I saw in the spoilers that he ends up being her dad. So I don't even know what's going on with this drama. <laughs> just know that I'm not going to watch it anymore. I just wanted to mention that <laughs> I did watch five episodes. Uh, and yeah, five I, episodes I, is a lot. Out of thir- yeah, five episodes of this shit? Yeah. I just like, for me, I feel like you need to have an actual reason that you don't want to be with somebody. Uh, and the way that she's been insisting makes it seem to me like he should just leave her alone. 
Like at that mm. point, it's not like the, you know, I still like you, but I'm like torn kind of thing. Cause you, there's a way to communicate that, which keeps hope on both sides, whatever, without being no, but she's very adamantly saying no at this point. And so I'm like, sir, she don't want you. Frankly, she's kind of a bitch. So I don't think that you need to even be here. I think you need to go somewhere else. Find somebody who wants to be with you. Like you can do better than that, Ashley, at this point. So yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's not given. It wasn't given at all. Sorry to these people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, uh, we are all still watching uh, Full House. We're almost at the end, guys. I'm so excited. So excited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's not even, like, awful. It's just boring. Like, I think so that's the problem. Boring. Like, I wish it <laughs> was bad. At least if it was bad, it would be, like, bad and entertaining, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead, it's just bad. And, like, it's becoming even more obvious that Rain cannot act as the time, as the episodes kind of continue. He basically just yells all the time things like that's the only way he knows how to emote or to act quote-unquote and it's really annoying actually like i think we're what that's like the most 12 or something like that this drama is that like everybody just yells all the fucking time yes and they don't talk to each other and when they do talk to each other it's like there's always this weird misunderstanding uh so like when jian finally tells um Rain's character, Young Jay, that she likes him, he doesn't believe her for some weird reason. Like, there's not even a reason for him not to believe her. He just doesn't believe her. It's stupid. And he's still running around with, with um, what's her face? Um, Heiwan, who, once again, let us remind the crowd, when he tried to propose to her, she laughed at him and threw the ring at him and said, not in this universe. But all of a sudden that he's with somebody and he seems happy with her, all of a sudden, Heiwan wants him and she's, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to get him. Meanwhile, she still really wants Minhyuk, who don't even want her, like, at all either. And is trying to get Jiun, but also, like, is giving her space to determine what she wants. You know what I mean? And so, these four are just fucking stupid at this point. Like, why are... They're just, they're just stupid. They're dumb. It's annoying. I, I really find this whole, like miscommunication obtuseness stupidity thing i hate it so much annoying at this point because like nobody looks good in this drama and like i don't know like i don't know what episode we're on honestly but the end of whatever episode we we watched this week with him running away to go be with that girl and i'm just like what the fuck is this stupidness like it's just so dumb like why did he do that yeah and also too like I think one of the dumbest moments in this drama, I'm sorry, was when uh, Jiyeon and Young Jae were like together and they were like romantic and they were in the flower shop and then Haewon shows up and they kind of framed it like Young Jae was cheating on Haewon with his wife. And I'm like, why? <laughs> not over 10 episodes at this point? Like our theory is that they don't get together, they don't make things right until episode sixteen. So we're just literally gonna have fifteen episodes of them being stupid towards each other, even though it's very clear that they are in love with each other at this point. She actually tells it's him so that she's with him. So stupid, so dumb. Anyway, that's so dumb. Else. We're almost done. But yes, uh, I guess we'll move on to books. And you probably read a lot. I did. So you can go first. 
<laughs> okay. So we were supposed to read <laughs> Double Stuff. Double Stuff. Yeah, I did not read that shit. And this is uh, a sequel to Stuffed, which is a living pillow romance. Okay, here is the synopsis. Anne and Ori got their happy ending in Stuffed. What happens when the feathers are swept away and they need to handle more than fluff? Ori, now addicted to fan fiction and the concept of the Omegaverse, has no job and no goals other than making Anne happy and raising his pet fish, Carl. Having enough of his layabout lifestyle, Anne decides to bring them to the one place in town guaranteed to get Ori out of his... The mall. Okay, there's some words missing here. I, okay. <laughs> After a day of excitement, a frightening encounter in the mall causes a terrifying change in Ori. Then Ori causes an even bigger change in one of their friends, a friend they are now responsible for, who's now human for the first time and who's madly in love with Anne. Can Ori accept the consequences of his actions when his relationship with Anne is at stake? Can he overlook the feelings developed inside his own feathery heart for this new man in his life? Will Anne reject one man to protect Ori? What will happen when she sees the chemistry between the two newly human men? When things start to get fishy, oh God, the I'm problems so surface, who will end so up double stuffed? Fucking, I am so fucking glad I I did not read the book. Like, I didn't know that this was the description, I didn't but listening it. to the description, I am so glad I stopped reading that shit once I saw them say Omegaverse in the book. <laughs> so I was 15 pages in and I almost DNF'd it as well because I messaged you and I'm like, girl, they just mentioned BTS and the Omegaverse. BTS. I don't know where this <laughs> They mentioned BTS. Because Ori, they're watching, you know, she has BTS playing in the background and he's all like, I don't get it. Are they bulletproof? Are they a gang? And she's all like, oh, once again, I'm not really into them. I just like the song and it's just the group name. And I was just like, ooh, is she an army? Okay. Okay, so because you didn't read it, I'll let you know what happens. Okay, so... Oh. Ori and Anne are together being freaky deaky as always and he gets into like fan fiction so he's really into the Omegaverse and he decides he's the alpha even though he's not you know a person who can mate people and not well he cannot but like you know all of that is is sort of pushed towards like through biology he don't got that biology because he is just feathers so I don't really get it but he's obsessed and so he decides that Anne is the Omega and he is like, you know, he wants to role play, I guess, in a sense. So she decides, Anne is like, you know, I have to get over my germophobia. Because remember in the last book, she's like a huge germaphobe and, you know, she hates And that's why she wants to fuck her pillow. Yep. Because he comes feathers and not actual cum. So, you know, she's all like, yeah, it's clean, whatever. Anyway, so they uh, go to the mall. And he buys a build a bear thingy, and I'm like at this point, I was like, wait, is that bear gonna come alive or some shit like that? I think I started with this bear. Like that's what I thought because I spent a lot of time in this bear place making, you know, when you can create a memory for the bear before it comes to you, like doing all this stuff. Like I, I was a little suspicious. So of course, it's been too long since he stuffed in. So they, he, he goes, takes her to like this, like employees only section and they have sex, whatever. And these security guards come and all like, oh, we, we know people like you do here. So get naked. Let's have some fun. And he like absorbs both of them and they go home and he finds out that he's becoming human uh, because he has so much human life in him. And he's like, I don't want to be human. I hate it. Um, I hate it. I don't want to like, I have to eat food and go to the bathroom and oh, it's so dirty and gross. And I'm like, is that you or is that N? Because Sylvia. I feel like it's N. 
Okay, whatever. So he decides. Sylvia. So basically, uh, sorry, Sylvia, Miss Sylvia, what is going on in your head? <laughs> so then she crashes into the fish tank that they have there with Carl, who is like Ori's best friend because Ori stays home while she works, right? Uh, and so he's like, oh my God, my best friend's going to die. So he uses the life force on the fish. And so the fish is the new part of their grapple here. And he, like, basically, he's the opposite. So, like, Ori looks like Sebastian from Black Butler. So um, Ori's supposed to be, like, the opposite. You know, he's, like, golden skin. He has blonde hair. He's kind of like Naruto, I guess, in that sense. Like, adult Naruto. Uh, and so... You know, he's like, okay, so now we have a beta. So my Omegaverse thing is coming true. And he's like, really? This, it's weird because in the synopsis, it makes it seem like Ori, it's a problem for Ori. Ori, from the get-go, wants Carl to fuck in. His <laughs> whole purpose of everything that's going on is to not her and basically double penetrate her with Carl because Carl is actually more human. Like, he, he's basically like a human. At this point, he just, like, you know, has, I guess, fish skin or some shit like that. I don't know. They don't really explain it. And to be quite honest, I don't think it, Sylvia has the depth to do so. Uh, but he, so basically, but when he, like, comes, he comes. Like, actual whatever, right? So his whole purpose is to get them to have, like, a threesome so that they can double penetrate her so he can not her while Carl comes in her because he comes feathers as we know and so like that is kind of the whole point of this and like and at first is, is like i don't want to cheat on ori i even though i'm attracted to this guy i'm not gonna do it because i love ori and i don't want it and ori is just like when are you guys gonna fuck i want to see it <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god uh so the rest of the story is like Sylvia spends a lot of time getting n into therapy getting ori and carl into like to be people you know so like they get jobs they go out they do things like they have friends like it's very interesting like there's such a focus on them actually like being a part of society after she gets them like fake ids obviously and then like the the climax of the story you know it's funny even though it's called double stuffed i didn't think about the whole double penetration thing. <laughs> it didn't really connect Why? until I was reading the synopsis. I think I think I was thinking more like it's called Double Stuff because it's a sequel, you know? And it, the first Oh, no. Like, that's what I was thinking. No. I didn't think about so, but, but the climax is that they finally do it or whatever. And, you know, he gets his, like, Omegaverse thing. And then after, he's like, okay, I'm done with the Omegaverse. Time to go on to other fanfic tropes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But here's the thing. So... I don't know if there's gonna be a this is gonna be a trilogy, but she does end the book in a in a way for it to happen because Ori, who goes to the grocery store and stuff like that sometimes, right? Or he he went to this other store, sorry, and he ran into a brother of his because apparently he's not the only Phoenix Feather that turned into a person. Apparently, somebody else did. Someone named Manny or Manuel or some shit like that. So he has a brother, and there's supposed there's supposedly three of them, and they have this brother has a map to a place that you can go to where phoenixes actually still exist so and so ori's whole thing now because he's the alpha remember guys he's the alpha in this relationship uh he he's like you guys are gonna die because you're not cool and godlike like me 
Uh, so we need to fix that and we need to go to this Phoenix place. So that is kind of like how the story ends with like this open-ended journey um, for the future. And yeah, I mean, personally, I thought it was bad, obviously. Uh, I thought it was cringy. I still don't understand what's so great about Anne. And I don't mean it in like a misogynistic way, you know, like what's so great or like, you know, girls against girls, like, you know, she's all she's she's not all that like I don't mean it like that I personally don't see anything endearing or likable about Anne and comes across as kind of like boring but also just like the whole germaphobe thing and how it like it, it like I get that but it, it's kind of like the author, her Sylvia. I don't mean I don't know who Sylvia Morrow is, so I, I really don't can't say about that. But it sounds like somebody who probably works from home, who doesn't like to socialize, who you know doesn't want like who likes the idea of fictional cartoon men and not real men, and it's just like a fantasy of that, which is fine. Like there's a lot of people in the world like that, but like at least make your female lead interesting. And if she's not interesting, make the male leads interesting. It was just very much yeah. Like, give something interesting. Like it, it was just like I'm obsessed with Anne. Why are you obsessed with Anne? What's what do you like about Anne? Oh, she because the writer tells like, you <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then it's like Anne, like Anne. Why are you even like like what do you like I, I what do you want to do with your life? Like what's going on here? Like how do you want to integrate yourself Who into society and answer what you want yeah i don't know and then honestly my biggest complaint was not enough dick on dick action because i feel like the two guys had much more chemistry than either of them had with Anne. mostly because they were mm. best friends literally like when carl was a fish in his tank like him and ori like literally spent like they just had each other basically and so uh you know, and the whole thing was like, Ori was genuinely like, he had more emotion when Carl, the fish almost died than he had had in any of these two books. So I don't know. I kind of felt like probably could have dealt with, had some more like male slash going on here because they actually are written a little bit better and they actually seem like they like each other and they get along they have like things that they like and it's not just like with Ori and Anne it's like and like something so Ori likes it you know what I mean that's how their relationship works but at least with Carl it's like they actually like each other and they want to talk about things I don't know it was really weird um I would give it a one out of five I actually think I gave it a two out of five because you know she tried a thing it didn't really work for me personally, but I think that double stuff was actually written slightly better than stuffed. So I think that is probably the only reason I gave it a two because I was like, okay, she did improve a, a little slightly in the writing and what's going on. Um, but yeah, that is um, yay. Sylvia Morrow's okay. Book. Did Sylvia Morrow write like actual books back in the day? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, I'm thinking about like Sylvia. No, Day. I was gonna say you're thinking of like an actual romance author known as <laughs> Sylvia Day. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, Sylvia Day writes pretty okay books, but yeah, okay. Never mind. Anyways, what did you read? Um, I read so much. So once again, because you know when we were gonna record, I had read some stuff. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just gonna, but I'm not gonna talk about like the things that 
the I'm not gonna talk about Once Upon a Broken Heart trilogy just because mm-hmm. I talked about it a lot in our um end of year episode. So if you guys want to hear mm-hmm. me gush about it there, if you guys want to hear me gush about it, go listen to the end of year episode where I talk about Once Upon a Broken Heart trilogy. But literally a five out of five trilogy. Um I the the last book was not the best. Um Mainly because I just thought we spent too much time in one of the villains' head. Like, I just didn't care for him. And so every time we got to his, like, POV, I was just very, like, eh, shut up, you know? But other than that, the second book was definitely my favorite of the series. So it would be, like, a 4.5 for the first book. No, actually, 5 for the first book. No, 4.75 for the first book, 5 for the first for the second book, and then uh 4.25 for the fourth book. But overall, I would say a five-star series. And I'm really excited okay. because I'm pretty sure she's going to write other books in the world because at the end of the last book, she talked about how there's other stories to be told. And I really think the next book she's going to write is Chaos and Lala, which I absolutely their interaction in book three just had me like absolutely need to read their book right now. So Miss Stephanie, please start writing immediately. Immediately. I want to <laughs> right now. So anyways, so other than that, um, I did, there was another series that I read that I enjoyed, which was called the Ironside Academy series. I It's not finished yet. There's like a bunch of books in that series, but I did read as much as we have right now which is we have um three books available so i read all three of them which are plier tournay and salter which are like dance pose dance thingy majiggies ballet what do you call them ballet moves <laughs> not thingy majiggies ballet moves anyways so okay <clears throat> i'm just gonna read like a description for the f- yeah plie that's what it is so um, I'm going to read the description for the first book, and then I'll just tell you about the entirety of, like, the three books thus far. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, play by Jane Washington. Ironside is more than a regular academy. It's also the biggest reality TV show in the world and a very elaborate, very luxurious prison. Their hollow halls are ruled by the powerful betas and the middling omegas with the plentiful deltas as their main targets. But this year, the officials are stirring things up. Isabel Carter, the only rare sigma to be accepted, is the first sigma. But there are others, many others, a sudden influx of precious alphas will turn academy life and Isabel's life upside down. She might be consequences, wait, oh, sorry, missed the line. She might be the lowest rung on the ladder, but in order to survive Ironside, where social media is king and consequences are deadly, she will need to make her mark. She will need to climb. This isn't a fair game for the this isn't a game for the faint of heart and those who rise should be prepared for a beautiful brutal fall beware the pretty posers because this social media game just got dangerous and then you know when it does a bunch of like this is like america's got talent with the hunger games combined to blah 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 but anyways so basically we have in this world right they they have um humans and it's basically like the humans kind of 
run the show a little bit. So even though they mm-hmm. accept like the omega, like the alphas and omegas and stuff like that, it's still kind of the humans that are the top stars of this world. And they've uh, created this like show because mostly everybody except for people who go to this academy and win the show who become idols basically everyone except them end up going back to like the little garrisons and living in there right um mm-hmm. so the sigma uh she sigma's the lowest of the low and the reason why they're considered lowest of the low is because they can only have one power which is to absorb um people's emotions like absorb their dread and pain or whatever right and so they're like they're bottom of the shame food for that because everybody else will have different types of powers and blah 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 so we have isabel and she's a sigma her mom's a sigma and her dad is a alpha and he um he's like a dick because in this world basically (laughs) all the alphas are dicks and like he was like he's just like yeah he was just like so mean and disgusting like right off the bat and like dumped her didn't even like take her to like the entrance of the school basically dumped her at the bottom of like the hill and she had to like walk all the way up to the top and then when she got to the gate they were gonna like let her in when they thought she was like a beta or omega and then she wasn't they realized they were like oh come get a student there's still like a long walk up um and then she was like, what's your designation? And she was like, I'm Sigma. And then he was like, never mind. She's going to she'll make that walk. Like, I was like, damn. <laughs> but uh, okay. basically, so anyway, so she gets to school and they all treat her like shit because, you know, she's a Sigma. And so, uh, and the first ever Sigma and she's, they're rooming with the Omega and she <clears throat> makes friends with this one Omega. Meanwhile, all the other Omegas are like bitches to her. And um, basically what happens is she ends up going to this library. Like she has this floor tucked away in a library where she spends most of her time. And her room is like a, uh, what's it called? A uh, hollow room, basically. Like there is, like everyone has rooms. She's in like a storage closet type thing. And <laughs> what happens is she goes okay, there. Harry yeah, so what happens is she ends up going to the library, and while she's there, she meets this guy. And honestly, Nat, the, the only reason why I don't remember all of their names is because it's 10 fucking alphas, okay? One. Two, I did what? read this book. Yeah, I, and two, I did read this book, like, a month ago. So, like, right. it's I, I'm not going to remember their names. I'm sorry. But basically... One of the guys, I want to say his name is, he's one of the, the brother. He's he's one of the ones that are pretending to be brothers. And I think one is Marcus and the other is like Anthony or something. I don't know. But anyways, she meets him and he's like gone feral, which is like when alphas, they just go batshit crazy. It's not a good power to have. And it's one of the, when, if it's passed down, uh, you can't let people know because they'll lock you up and run experiments on you type thing. So anyways, he was going feral. So then she like took away his pain without asking whatever. And then she left. And then he was like, oh, I kind of want to be friends with her. Like he was like, wow, she helped out, like blah, blah, blah. So he made it his duty to kind of like help her 
out a little bit and then he convinced one of the other alphas who i can't remember his name but i actually like him um but his power is that he has like invisibility or whatever right and so he's been he's also been like following her on around basically they also want to make sure that she doesn't spill about the fact that he has feralty or whatever so she ends up slowly like she ends up they become friends um but then it's like you know there's like attraction whatever she goes over to alpha house there's a bunch of like back and forth it's a really good like just very interesting like fun stuff that happened but in this world the only way to have a true mate is to go through a um death experience basically so in this world the only way you know if you're like truly mated to someone is when if you die for the first time and you're near your mate then you'll get revived and when you're revived your both of your eyes will change right but it's very but it's a very deadly thing so they've discouraged the concept of true mates and only like arranged marriages and stuff like that end up happening because they're like it's people have been like killing themselves to find their true mates type things right whatever okay that's what i was actually gonna ask that's what i was like okay that sounds like uh, a lot of issues be happening like okay yeah (laughs) yeah so um you know a bunch of stuff happened and basically what she is over at the alpha's house and she like um she ends up i i forgot who attacks her someone attacks her and she ends up dying when she dies and then is awakened she her eye is like a multicolored kaleidoscope because she is mated to all 10 of the alphas in that building <laughs> and i was just like damn 10 that's a lot i'm like this poor girl's vagina but um <laughs> so that was basically the end of book one and then book two what they it comes back out and she like becomes i forget how but she becomes like very popular in like the in the series mainly because she's become like really friends with the alpha and stuff like all the alphas are now kind of friends with her except for the professors except they're not like professors i don't know it's weird they're like 20 something years old like 25 there's also a lot of weird things with the age things that listen very interesting book but let me speed this up so basically what ends up happening in book two is she the friend who was very obviously evil to me from the get-go because when i saw that girl i was like because listen everybody that she had met up to that point was a bitch to her so i'm like there's just no way this person is nice like you know what i'm saying but she sets her up um and tries to rip her connection to her soul feathers aka her connection to the guys and um she ends up like she ends up passing out and then when she wakes up in the third book the guys had found her um because what happens is i guess when the mating bond is not complete oh yeah there's a whole other shit that goes down too like it's a very interesting world but the mating bond has to be completed by having sex and they've they all vowed not to have sex with her right but when the mating bond's not complete her body ends up getting very like um loose and because it's kind of because she's living between two worlds at this point because she's already half dead right so she ends up having to get like surrogates and all kinds of stuff blah 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 so whenever she gets too weak, she transports back to the place where she dies. And so that happened to her. And so she ended up in 
one of the professor's arms because like he's the one who lives the closest there like closest to that that place or whatever or she 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 passes out to one of her mates so she ends up in one, so she ends up in the professor's arms and he just happens to be close to the school so then they can place her back to say oh she went to the place that she died type thing but anyways so in the third book, um, they all like are working together and she's like doing her dancing and singing, blah, blah, blah. And she becomes like a superstar. And like each book, they kind of like reveal the, the different powers and stuff of all of the different alphas and stuff like that. It is really cool. Like I'm not even going to hold you. Like I actually was very thoroughly invested. I gave so far it's all four stars because I'm thoroughly invested, you know? Okay. No, it sounds good. I mean, you know. We all have our um, different phases of Omegaverse <laughs> of sort of like, like our different preferred. Actually, I did have an idea for later because we don't have like a topic, okay. but yeah, come on, continue. <laughs> Anyways, so then I read, so my friend, she recommended me uh, a book by her favorite author, One Dirty Night by Pepper Winters. And it's, so it says, um, the night of my birthday Oh, if you came to get mauled by Ella, I'm very willing to bite. The night of my birthday, as boring as the rest of my life, sitting on my own, trying to avoid my insanely gorgeous but horribly mean flatmate, all while waiting for him to leave so I can have a party for one, if you know what I mean. But that was before I almost crashed on the way home with a big top, with a big, when a big top rolled into town, before I locked eyes with the hottest guy I'd ever seen swinging a sledgehammer in the raid, before I read the flyer promoting the once in a lifetime circus, a circuit that was a circus that wasn't the usual garnish carnival. Oh no, this one was most definitely not for children, not unless you counted one dirty night full of heinously naughty courtesy of a contraband circus. Will it satisfy any desire in which the only problem was? My fat mate decided to visit the big top too. He saw me as I agreed to spend the night with the owner of the said naughty circus and made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Both together, I get to be owned by two men, not just one. I get to live out my wildest fantasies and teach Nicholas Davis a lesson for all those stony scowls and disdainful dances he's given me. He can have me for one night. He can do whatever he wants, but he has to share. That's his penance. And I mean to make him suffer. Anyways, it was okay. It was kind of boring. Um... The circus guy is, uh, so as the story says, Ella is driving. She sees the high top for the circus. Then she sees this really hot man. She almost crashes, boom, sees the circus fire. She's like, oh, maybe. Goes home, is chilling. Nick comes home. Nick's like, okay, bye. I'm going away because I don't fuck with you like that, bitch. And then she's like, well, fuck this. What am I going to do? So then she decides, mm, I'm going to go to the circus. While at the circus, she sees hot man. Hot man says, yo, you're hot. Let's fuck. I want to degrade you. And she's like, mm, okay, I want to be your hoe. Let's go. Um, but as she says, let's go, who walks by? It's Nick. Oh my God, Nick, you said you was going to the bar. No, he was coming to get his dick licked, right? So then he was like, what the fuck, Ella? Why are you here with him? So then she's like, what do you mean by what you here with him? I'm, what do you mean by why I'm here with him? You don't want me. He wants me. And then he's like, so then him, aka, uh, guy, I can't, I don't know his name, but anyways, guy goes, 
hey, you know what? I think he wants you, meaning Nick wants him. Nick, Nick wants Ella. And Ella's like, no, Nick doesn't because he don't talk to me. And then Nick is like, no, I think about you every night and I hear you when you're jacking off and blah, 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 blah. And so then she's like, well, I want to fuck him. So either you both fuck me or you don't fuck me. So he is like, well, I'll share. And then it proceeds to have like the most boring and sex scene I've ever read in my life. And then <laughs> they leave. I was sorry. I was sorry. Well, actually, that's what I was expecting from all of that. But okay. Yeah. So then they leave, and Circus Guy's like, you know, in another lifetime. And then she's like, in another lifetime. So then they get home, and then Nick and Ella are like, oh, we are weird. Like, what's going on? What's the vibe? What's going on? And then Nick is like, I can't be with you. And then Ella's like, why can't you be with me? And then Nick says, because I'm dying. And then I'm like, oh my God, he has cancer. It's like, no. He's like, I'm dying one day. <laughs> what? Okay, because I also thought like, oh my God, he has like leukemia or something. Shit. You know, like you you would expect it, right? But he's just like, one day in the future, I'm like, I will die. Yeah, no, basically. Mean? No, like literally, basically. So, because what ended up happening was his, I think his mom died of cancer, right? So he ends up doing like all kinds of research and he was like, we're all going to die. I, it was stupid. There was no fucking reason that man could not be with that girl. So anyways, two stars, moving on. <laughs> um so i read alicia Coates' uh christmas on the 13th floor which is the first book in her um holly night novella series and so uh this one it was a christmas book because you know i like to read a little christmas book so mm-mm. my boss mr chen sucks he's the biggest scrunch that's ever plagued the earth and not even his pretty face or his black card can make up for his crap personality i can write a book about all the ways i hate him and his alluring dominance that somehow attracts everyone including me but instead i'll settle for being a pain and continuing to defy him in any way possible while still keeping my job the only problem is he likes to ruffle my feathers as much as i do his so he's forcing me to attend the annual christmas party he's at the tip of my tongue to deny his demands but instead i found myself enjoying his order i also like the way his eyes lock on me following my every move they say it's a season for giving perhaps i should see what my boss has to offer um so yeah i i forget what this girl's name is but i do remember her she's ginger do you know she's ginger um it was fine it wasn't honestly it was actually my least favorite of all of the holly night series and i was like thank god i never read it first because it was it's the first book in the series right and like if i had read this then i probably would never have read the rest of them you know it was very boring um didn't think they had any chemistry uh, I just like I go I give it two stars because I do like the way Lisa quote writes just in general, but the story itself wasn't there because like it was just that like they had animosity and then she finds a new job and then he's like okay now I'm free to fuck her and then she's just like oh you treated me so bad and he was like but you liked seeking my approval and then she was like maybe I did and then they fucked and it was just stupid. So anyways, <laughs> next. We have The Naughty List by Jade West. Now, <clears throat> let me read the description. Ella, a desperate, newly single goth girl with a mountain of debt, would do anything to see her parents this Christmas. The problem is, her parents live on the other side of the world. So when she's granted access to The Naughty List, a marketplace for dirty proposals from rich strangers, she opts to take everything and anything she can get. She thinks she's a good player, getting five-star reviews like a good girl climbing a ramp until she stumbles onto The Naughty List's most daring group of 
all the hardcores, players who fulfill any proposal clients ask them to, just as long as the price is right. Can Ella be one? Can she really climb the naughty list all the way to the top? The idea gets even more thrilling when she meets Weston, the hottest hardcore of all. As it turns out, maybe it's not just money that Ella's truly desperate for this Christmas. Dot, dot, dot. Anyways, so I thought this was going to be like a cute little smutty Christmas book. Right? Yeah. Right? Right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> this was this was the nastiest, filthiest <laughs> thing I have ever read in in a long time. Like when I say there are things that happen in this book that I was like, people do that? Like I was flabbergasted okay and you know it don't take a lot to shock me and there's nothing and the thing is i cannot tell you what the story is simply because it's not it's literally i thought it was a romance like i thought it was going to be like a romance story of her meeting some guy while she's a sex worker and then them you know developing a relationship no it's just her fucking all of these men in the most depraved way you can think of like it they started off they start you off slow and then they just and then when they read when you get to a certain page in that book i will tell you off the record because i don't know someone might want to read it and i don't want to spoil it for them but when they get to a certain page in that book i was like it, it must only go more crazy from here and that was like maybe like 30% 30% in I don't know but anyways three out of f- five because let me tell you that lady very creative very creative it's funny I'm looking um, at the reviews and the, the first review is like if you're looking for romance turn back I was like instead we're regaled with the tales of the horror of London oh my god <laughs> Okay, so then I read um, Pucking All the Way, a Snowden Christmas novella by Michelle Erkley's. I've always been an optimistic, glass house full kind of girl, and I even have the name Sunshine. Oh my god, I'm not even going to read all of this. Basically, this girl, she was um, engaged, was getting married, was about to get married. She walks into the apartment, like walks into one of the rooms looking for her bridesmaid. When she finds her bridesmaid, she's getting fucked. The bridesmaid's getting fucked by the uh, husband or the fiance. So then she just like says fuck it and just runs out in her wedding dress and like writes like uh, books at Airbnb in the cabin and drives all the way up there and just like shuts away from the world. Um, Cody, he is a uh, NFL NHL player who is who was like on like temporary suspension because he like broke his arm or some shit like that so he's like you know what i'm just gonna go to my sister's cabin calls his sister the sister is like yeah it's open whatever when they end up at the cabin oh my god what there's another person here and then she's like it's fine i'll leave oh no you can't leave because there's a fucking snowstorm so then you know they butt heads and then they smooth their toss and blah 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 they fuck then they bond and then they fuck again and then they leave and then they're like we should really try to be a couple and then they end up being a couple it was cute it was fine it was nonsense three stars you know 
<laughs> okay. Good. Then I read P.S. You're Intolerable. This was a buddy read. I'm not going to read all of it because... So I saw this on TikTok being promoted because they say that, you know, they were like, oh, they, someone was like, I want to read a, a story where the billionaire asks for the money and offers the money. And then the girl's like, yeah, we can go. So then uh, they recommended this, whatever. It was a buddy read. Me and my friend Emily were reading it together. Um, basically... We have a boss, Elliot, and um, she, he, um, so basically we have Elliot and then we have Joey's mother. And the reason why I call her Joey's mother is because I genuinely don't know this lady's name when I don't care enough to remember her name because she had no personality anyways. But Joey's mother is a, uh, she's working, she, and she's Elliot's secretary and she became she got hired by him after lying on her resume but she lied because she's a dumb bitch got pregnant by her best friend the best friend skipped town after taking her money to build a house the house is all like discombobbled it's a whole mess whatever elliot didn't realize she was pregnant for like five months until his friend points out hey your girl's pregnant so then elliot is like Oh, you're going on maternity leave. Like, basically, he's a dick, but he's not like a dick. I think he's just, to me, he reads as someone who's like, you know, those type of autistic people that are just like, very like, this is just what I want done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, it's, it's not like a, he doesn't read like an asshole. He just reads as like a person who doesn't understand social cues. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, so, um, basically he ends up like go like when she's on maternity leave he ends up going over to her place and finds out that she's living like a bum and so he moves her into his place and then you know they grow together and they bond and she has joey um she had joey and they're like you know he's basically stepped into the father role without knowing very nice progression of their relationship i would say but like she's so boring and like (laughs) it is like I actually, I don't know, like, I don't like, like, babies in books, I think, but also she's just so boring, like, she's just so yeah. boring, she was, like, snooze fest, like, I don't know, but, um, I gave it three stars, because I did, like, Elliot, and like I said, I did think that the baby was cute, but then other than that, it was stupid, so I also read, <clears throat> The Scent of Us Part 1 by Eliana Lee. And actually, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it because I think for the next time we record, I should have the second part because it's a duet. So I should have a second part read. So so we'll hmm. part that one for now. So okay. I read Coven of Bones series by Arpa Hill Woods. Um, and I'm just going to tell you rough synopsis because i'm not reading all of that that's like too much to read and i'm tired but we have i don't remember girl but girl is like a super witch super strong witch in this like witch universe basically um vampires are assistants to witches but which but they were not they were created from demons from the underworld right mm-hmm so they were created from demons from the the underworld and it's basically demons trapped in like a human suit or whatever so also what 
she writes the what lies or what lurks between the veils series that i like yes yes okay okay uh yeah okay and yeah cool sorry continue i was like the name just seemed familiar i'm like i had to google her and i'm like oh yeah okay i know who this bitch is okay okay yeah yeah so she so yeah so um in this world like witches um men witches are not allowed to get married if they want to practice marriage so they basically have to either decide to be warlocks and forego love kids all that stuff or if they want to have marriage kids whatever they give up their powers um and then the female which is they carry on the power or whatever so basically and there's like this whole thing called the covenant blah 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 so then the female lead her mother dies which then causes her powers to go like on the larger scale but the entire time she had her father is also like oh you are the last of like the dead bone witch clan or whatever and you have to find the bones for the resurrection and blah 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 whatever yeah 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 anyways long story short the first book not so bad we didn't not much happened except like you know we found out that alaric is basically the devil and she is like the prophesied devil's bride basically and this was like a 600 year plot in the story whatever but third book the first book wasn't bad it was interesting enough that i was like okay after i read it let's go let's read the second book the second book was stupid it was just one long book of nothingness and it seemed that the only point of that fucking book was for them to fuck because it there was nothing else there was nothing else it was stupid. Oh my god, that was it. like the second book in the series that I read. It was like the first book had more plot. The second book was like, I'm gonna fuck you in front of people because I'm into voyeurism. And it was just really, like it had a bit of plot, but it was mostly just sex. Okay, maybe that's her MO. Yeah, I guess. Because if that, if it happened to you, then that must be her memo. So then I also have um, Trial of the Sun Queen, which is book one of the Artifacts of Quanos series. And so this series is basically, this book is basically like, think of it as um, Hunger Games, Fairyland, Bachelor type thing, right? Okay. So, a lot of different things going the, on there, but okay. Yeah, so it's just like, so there's like a, there's different realms, the realm of Aurora, which are, and it's, I think, based on what it's very darkness and only like the Northern Lights and she's locked up in a prison. And immediately, let me tell you, immediately once they started mentioning that there was a lost queen, I was like, oh, okay, it's our female lead. Like, <laughs> because let me tell you, I've never read a book where it's not fucking her. But um, anyways, so she basically is like locked away and she's like, fuck the Aurora King and she hates him. And then uh, she ends up getting kidnapped and brought to the Sun King. And then the Sun King is like doing this uh, bacheloress thing to meet his wife. And then everybody in the kingdom's like, you know, it's basically all the girls end up dying all the time because they can't handle it blah 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 she thinks she loves the sun king whole time he's using her she finds out that like we find out that all along she actually knew that she she was this lost forgotten princess and blah 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 um she the the aurora king's prince who is actually trying to kill his father ends up taking her because he thinks that she's like 
part of some kind of secret plan and he can help him take become king or whatever and so then when he takes her away from the sun king um that's where the first book ends and then the second book is supposed to be with the actual male lead now so basically this series is has the sarah J. moss curse of the entire first book is spent with the first male lead who i mean don't get me wrong i didn't like him I, actually she doesn't have chemistry with anyone any of the men in her life except actually maybe the, the guard maybe the guards who she has the most chemistry with but what i'm saying is it does the sarah j mass thing of oh the first book you you know the the lead that's the male lead that i spent all 90 percent of the book for that is not your that is not your male lead your male lead is the one you saw like 10 pages ago but anyways oh, just for talent yes <laughs> <laughs> you mean tamlin Tamlin, yes, sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so then that was the end I'm of sorry, last I'm dying, I'm dying that you remembered his name. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying that you remembered his name. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so that's it for last year. So this year we have eleven books thus far. Okay, are you ready? We're gonna do rapid. It's gonna be quick. So I read Midnight Drop by Alicia Quartz. And like you, you said, I read Christmas on the 13th floor, which is the first one in her series. So this is the most recent one. And it's basically um, two cosplayers. They like have this kind of like antagonistic relationship online, but it's more so it's in her mind, in her female lead's mind that they have this antagonistic relationship because he's actually been trying to get her to notice him for the two and a half years. So if she was like... Um, Daphne he would be Freddy type thing like anything she cosplayed mm -hmm. as one day he would be like two weeks later but he is the more popular star because he's been doing it for the longest time and then we found out that like one of the reasons why she why um she didn't like him was because the first time they met he was incredibly rude to her right and so then he was saying that ever since then he's actually been trying to make it up to her because he was incredibly rude to her and he was also incredibly rude to an, another fan but what had happened was when he had first spot her he was like oh you know she would make a really good um cosplayer and he saw that in her or whatever but anyways long story short it was actually really fucking cute i don't know it was nice it was like a little bit of role reversal too because even though he was still dominant he allowed her because she was like, oh, you know, if you want my forgiveness, like drop to your knees and like eat me out type thing. And then he was like, yes, ma'am, type thing. So it's like they have like this switch relationship going on, which I think is cute because he's mm -hmm. still very dominant in his own way. So yeah, liked it a lot. I gave it four stars. Then we had, I read uh, the first book in, I don't actually know what the series is going to be yet, but I did read The Blackened Blade by Ilsa Dovlin. And basically, that book is, I'm actually going to read this one just because it's very short. So it says, not many people get a chance, get a second chance, let alone a second life. I died, burning in a prison cell. I spent years of my life rotting away in. I had been beaten, battered, bruised, and beat beyond repaired but not broken never broken by whatever miracle i've been brought back 10 years into my past and before i was locked away but to a different kind of health 
Wensdridge Academy, a place filled with only the memories of pain and suffering. But this time, I'll break the wheel of misfortune and with it, all the people who caused my suffering and death. This time, I'll have the life I should have always had. So then it's like the first book in a trilogy that's going to come around. Um, I genuinely loved this book. I really, really did. I It was so much fun. Like, I had such a good time reading it. When I started it, I was a little bit like, eh, because it was taking forever to get to the point. But mm. when you see me actually liking the female lead in a book, that's when you know. Because you know me. I don't really like <laughs> the female leads. It is very, you know what? I, I actually feel really bad for saying it, but it's really hard to like the female lead in a lot of these books. It's so hard, but I genuinely liked her. And I also liked all of the guys because it's, it's a reverse harem, so it's four of them. So basically in this world, um, there is the only thing that I didn't like, which is also why I only gave this book like uh, 375, rounded up to four stars, because the ma- like the magic world itself i very lost on that. I don't quite understand how that works. But the story itself is still very compelling. Mm. So, like, we were met with Micah in the present day time as 27. And then she gets um, sent. Like, somehow, when she dies, she's back in her 17-year-old body with all of the memories of her future. So she knows about certain things that happen. But she's also... And she knows, she knows that, like, Oh, she was so weak during school. The first round, the the first time around, when she, cause like she ends up finding out that basically it's her sister who's behind a lot of the shit that happens to her, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. and so this time around, she realizes, oh, I have power. Like the things that's been suppressing my power has been these bangles that my sister gave me when I was. 10 years old and wanted to be friendly with me, you know, type thing. So she, yeah. but she decides like, you know, she's gonna like, you know, she doesn't want any trouble. Like her sister, whatever, cause she's from like a very powerful clan. So she's like, she doesn't want any trouble. She's gonna let her sister be. Her sister stole like her three best friends and all that stuff. And for the longest time, I was so confused about who the male in- like love interest was really because she has like four I think no five she has five yeah she has five of them but I couldn't figure out if it was like I knew the professor was one but then I couldn't figure out which guys were in her her arm because it's like in this type of world the girls are like the, the women are less than the men right so the there's more men for women so they have the women are the ones with the multiple partners right okay so I couldn't figure out who was in her harem. But then once they like introduce us to Inferno 4, which is her harem, I was like, okay, now this book is getting interesting. Because like each of them were actually very interesting. And then there's like these mythical beasts that are attacking the school. And there was like a whole lot of shit that went down in the end. I was like just thoroughly like reading like flipping pages, like, oh my god, so intense. But yeah, so I enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to the next book whenever that comes. Um and I really hope that Micah gets her happy ending because she deserves it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I read um, Savage is My Kingdom by L.A. McGuinness. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I gave it two stars. And 
I don't even remember. I'm like, let me read this. Truth as kings at war, a princess with a terrible power, four broken warriors sworn to protect her. When I was dragged, oh, this one. Yeah, it was stupid. Fuck it. It was so dumb. So dumb, so boring. Like, this pretty princess didn't know she was a pretty fake princess. She has all this power in the world. She has to go. She gets kidnapped Um, to get brought back to like one king and then while there the the other king sends people to break her out that other king breaks her out she goes to the next people the next kingdom is a puppet there then she's like i need to get my power so then she fucks um one of the guys one of the guards that like protects her and then she gets into her power it was so lame i hated it and i knew i was gonna hate it because as soon as i started it one of the first things was like her talking about how her purity and her innocence and the fact that she's a virgin is what makes her the best blah 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 ew gross moving on so (laughs) yeah so then i read um thief of silver and souls which is a rights of possession novel one by eva chase um i thought i was gonna like this i did not like it basically in this world i was i was in a very a fantasy um mood so i was reading a lot of like fantasy stuff but basically um in this world she is in this world you're gifted gifts by the different gods but you have to like give offerings and the offerings can be either like your fingers your ears like a rib like stuff like that like the more extreme the gift the more powerful you are but there are people who are born there are people who are born with powers who don't offer up a gift and they're considered abominations right and then there are people who are trying to forge powers themselves by like sacrificing people and stuff like that so that they can defeat the gods and blah 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 whole lot of weirdo shit so this girl she's like one of those people who has a gift without having to dedicate herself to a god and so she's been trying so she keeps control of it because the last time she lashed out she killed her sister um and then she got kicked out of her family run away so she's basically just been stealing and like redistributing what robin hood-esque type behavior she runs into this girl um she runs into this girl getting kidnapped or she hears this scream and then when she turns the corner the girl has like a knife in her neck because she um got stabbed and as she's about to like she tries to save the girl the girl dies so she's like okay fuck it whatever when she goes home all of a sudden she hears a hello turns out the ghost like latched herself onto her body so then now she's like telling her you know it must be a reason why i latched it on like this is what's going on like i need you to go inform people so she goes to like the college and like there's her four friends that the girl's been working with and they you know go around try to investigate who's doing what blah blah blah. Uh, very lame very boring the guys had no personality the girl had no personality the only thing interesting was the world but also just like the people in the world were not interested enough for me to read the second book you know mm, okay so two out of five then I read um, Fallen Shadows by uh, Casey Keene, which is another fantasy academy book. Um, so this one says, I'm at home in the darkness where brutality feeds on this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this one. So this one, um, another case of a special girl. She grows up in like this, uh, for, like this far away side of this uh, nation or whatever. And they're like fighting shadows and whatever. Honestly, 
very mid boring it was giving me nothing like nobody had a personality i don't even remember the girl's name i gave it two out of five stars it was not my cup of tea um then we read they can't kill us until they kill us by anif abdurakibi i probably pronounced that wrong but oh my god five out of five book so good the stories are so good. I it really one of the top reviews on Goodreads says that it's like a ode to like people who love music, and I think that's really so true. Like I don't know, I loved it. It was great. Five out of five. That's all I can say about that book. Um, I also read Shadow of the Crown by Lacey Carter Anderson. Um, oh. <laughs> actually it's a series why did i forget that so i read the the court of the fae princess series by lacey carter anderson but we'll get back to that let's talk about bride to the fiend by dark um by rebecca f kennedy um it's my first one star book of the year and it is the boringest book i've read in like a long time but also just like so stupid like pointless like i don't understand what this lady was going for like it makes no sense like i don't know what is wrong with her so we have this this kingdom and honestly so bad just so bad <laughs> all i have to say so bad okay um so then back to the court of the fate princess series by Lacey carter anderson so i'm not even gonna read the description let me tell you i read this this three book series is really just one fucking book like this lady just she needed to get her kindle unlimited coins in and she broke her 600 page story into three books because let me tell you it's just like everything that happened could have probably happened on the same day i'm gonna keep it real honest with you fam <laughs> but um so we have our main female lead, whose name I want to say is uh, Becky, Lisa, Kaleen, Kalina, Kalia, something like that. Like some kind of like Carissa, Carissa, Carisha, something like that. What's some of But her... So she is like a maid and she's basically like, yo, fuck the fae, the fae, like the fae is stupid. I'm a human. I'm, I don't like the fae, blah, 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 whatever. As she's cussing them, the prince of the summer court, um, Prince Cillian, who she is um, actually taking, like she's his maid. He comes in and is like, oh, tell us how you really feel, whatever. And then she's like, oh, he's so fine though. I would fucking, but I hate all them blah 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 so basically in this what's happening at this point in time is there's some magical ball that's happening later that day and at that mall is when uh the phase faded mates are revealed to the world type thing right mm -hmm. so okay. um so yeah so she gets she ends up like accidentally running into two phase fucking one who's married and so they planted a 
necklace on her and she gets kicked out of the palace on her way getting kicked out of her palace she runs into prince Cillian again um so we're just gonna call you know it's the four 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 princes so we're just gonna call them by their season but prince Cillian, so summer so summer sees her and he's like you know i have a plan like i want to just have an arranged marriage with you because i don't want to get married i don't want a faded maid his reason is that his father drained his mother's life and they were faded maids for bullshit whatever so anyways so she so she eventually agrees to do it because you know she's poor she's what what's she gonna do also you know she's obviously this lost princess that they need to reunite all four men but anyways so she goes to the ball when she goes to the ball she is taken away by uh who was it i think it was cobalt first so cobalt jumps her first and he is the prince of the uh spring court because that's the horror court so the, the spring court is apparently the horror court so the um he drags her and he's like oh my god you're so fine like let's fuck um and she's like um you're not who i'm looking for back away sir so then as she walks away from him she bumps into um what's his name mm, i can't remember his first name zane zane who is winter's prince so she bucks into winter and he's like oh you're stunning blah 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 and she was like oh thank you and she's like "Ooh, shivers down my throat oh my god mm, so fine and then she escapes him as she escapes him and is ready to go again who does she run into oh my god boob forest which is fall so she runs into fall and he's like oh why are you trying to escape me so fall they're known for manly men like men 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 lumberjacks and and fucking bears <laughs> and shit like I'm, i swear oh my god you're literally describing my ideal type but yes <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the fall men that's what the fall men are doing that's what the fall fair are doing um so then she's like no you guys really need to like back up off me at the same time summer comes over summer pulls her over and summer's like thank god you're finally here and she's like listen i was looking for you the whole time motherfucker like where you been at and so then he's about to take the the potion but it's too slow as everybody fucking realized but whatever except her because she's a dumb bitch anyways so she he doesn't take the potion but uh, because before he gets the chance, sparks start flying around the two of them. And then they're like, oh, my God, true mate. And then she's like, oh, my God, he made that potion work. Wow, I really am. They really are making me trick to be a true mate. And I'm like, oh, my God, this dumb. I was like, is this what's going to be the fucking problem for the next three books? Is that she's going to think that every that they're not actually true mates, even though she's going to have every proof in the world to show that they're true mates? Oh my god, this is so irritating. But anyways, so she she decides to like walk away from him for a bit, runs into um fall, boom, sparks. Oh my god, summer, boom, sparks. Oh my god, winter, boom, sparks. Spring, sparks. Oh my god, the first woman to be matched with all four guys. And then they're like, wait a minute. What? Where are they gonna live, blah blah blah. So then they're like discussing, talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all they're all like hitting on her, wanna fuck, wanna fuck. And she's like, oh my god, ew, I don't want to. Um, so then she is like escape, trying to escape from the guys, and the guy's like, Oh my god, why does our mate love hers? Blah blah blah. And then she decides to they were gonna like test because they have to test them if to say that if she has any fake blood, because it's weird because they're saying that she's human and she's matched to the guys, right? She's like, Oh my god, they're gonna find out the secret. And I'm like, silly just open your mouth just tell her that you did not take the fucking potion like save me from having to read the other two books 
like, just save me from having to read the other two books. Just tell her. But no, he doesn't tell her. So they end up going, like, um, so they end up, it ends up being that, like, she, uh, she ends up, like, running away, but then she ends up getting kidnapped. And so then book two, it's the guys trying to find her, and she's, like, kidnapped away. But the way that the author makes them, like, bond is that, her type of flame magic that she has because they're fate and mate is that she can dream that. And so they're meeting each other in their dreams and like having conversations and talking, except they don't know that it's actually them. They just think it's, it's like, she just thinks it's like a dream that she's having. So then when she actually meets up with them, she's like, I have all these feelings for these guys now, but I don't know if it's actual feelings for them or if it's just a dream version of them not knowing that the dream version of them is them you know so then but so basically the guys end up finding her because they made a deal with the house of death um and the house of death was like if your princess loves you then you must marry then um she'll marry you if she doesn't marry you, then you guys are my slaves. So then at the end of the book, they're like, after they do this little hanky-panky, not all the way, just like, you know, a little above the ground, touch-touch paddle DJ behavior. Um, <laughs> so then uh, what happens was they're like, do you want to marry us? And then she's like, um, I don't know you motherfuckers. And, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they're like, no, but if you would marry us right now, what would your answer be? And she was like, no, I literally do not know you like that. Like, relax. And then they were like, okay. So then they left because they had to fulfill their um, deal. Once again, I just feel like if they had talked, maybe I wouldn't have to read the third book because there would be no fucking third book. But that's just me. Um, right. So then in the third book, she's the one who has to go and save him. And then while she's there, she's doing this journey. They're once again, like dream bonding and blah, blah, blah. Um, she basically find like, she basically finds out that she is like super powerful because, oh my gosh, did the third book just irritated the shit out of me because I was just like, we are we're two bucks this is two books later and this bitch still thinks she's fucking human even after being after seeing fire come out of her fucking fingertips after getting burned by the fucking iron this bitch still thinks she thought she was fucking human i was getting so irritated that like when i tell you i was (laughs) getting so annoyed and then she's like but where would there have been been any like she was like i don't know maybe my maybe it was my mom's side but my dad doesn't talk about my mom and so it can't be my mom i'm like of course it will be your fucking mom you stupid ass bitch like you're so dumb like she was so dumb like i literally was so irritated i was so irritated and so basically she finds out that she's like rich and she's like um, she's like super powerful and her power gets unlocked when she fucks all four guys um but she ends up killing her mom because her mom's like psycho and wants the demons to overturn the villa and blah 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 and then she kills all the guy um all of them and then has like a party of the dead and all the guys come together and it's one fuck fest in the end and uh, whatever two out of five the end that's it. <laughs> That's it? Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. <laughs> you read so much. I feel like you read as probably as much as I watched. I think they kind of balanced oh, out. I read, I read so much. I read so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I actually, like, had to stop myself from watching more of the Clone Wars because I didn't want to, like, have too much of, like, them an overload in case, like, good stuff actually that I wanted to talk about happened. You know what I mean? So, fair. Okay, so while you were talking about the Omegaverse, I got, like, I really had this random thought, like, what would be your ideal world for Omegaverse? Because there's so many, like, people think, it's like this one static thing. And I'm like, no, there's so many different versions of the Omegaverse. Like some where people can be bitched, some where like people have powers. I even read this like um like dominant submissive thing where it kind of acted like Omegaverse, but it wasn't Omegaverse because they were dominants and submissives. So like I don't know. I thought it would be kind of interesting to know what your ideal like version of the Omegaverse is. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't think right now. I, because the thing is, I don't, no, I don't mean that in like a, I just like, I just don't know. Because I can't think okay. of like, what, what's my favorite, you know? Okay, so I think for me, like when I read um, Omegaverse, first of all, I don't think it needs to sort of be... I think some people tend to write it like too similar to BDSM stuff. And I mean, I don't mm. mind either of those, but I don't think that they should be the same because I feel like um, BDSM is like more overt in that you actually have to like make contracts and discuss things. Whereas yeah. Omegaverse is like biological, biologically driven in, in a lot of ways so like there's a lot of things that just like come natural I think in that sense so for me I really don't like gushing fluids I think that it seems to be something that's really popular in Omegaverse I don't want it I'm sorry I don't it think is, you need to I, like yeah, slick. Popular for sure. yeah slick is very popular I don't think it's necessary personally because I feel like are we all just walking around with change of clothes at this point? Because you don't know when shit's gonna hit, right? Like you well, can like true magic. <laughs> you know, I've I've read like, but I've read like a quite a few that do like um like in that type of world, like a lot of the stuff that they wear is like slick absorbent type thing. Oh, you know? uh, okay, okay. See, see, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. Um I don't know about the whole bitching thing. I think mostly because I haven't really read much. Like, what do you mean that... by bitching thing? So basically, like you, there's a way that betas can be bitched to become like omegas, or alphas can be bitched to become omegas, and um, oh, I don't like know I've read it that... only in fan fiction. So basically, oh, yeah, like I, don't okay, know I read like one fic I read where um, Kakashi was an alpha. Uriko was a beta, but like if you like there's very specific steps that you have to take where you have to bite them when the knot forms or whatever, and that causes him to turn in caused Uruka to turn into an omega, literally like grow a wound and everything. It was like very horrifying, actually. Like I know this fanfiction writer was writing it like as a kink, but I thought it was horrifying because I'm like, how you what do you mean he's growing a womb? How does that work? <laughs> like he's a grown man. Mm, but anyways. But also, I read one Cause, where because um, I've because I've I've read I've read when they've done like from um, being like an alpha to omega or a uh, beta to omega, but like in terms of designation switching, which I thought was like a really interesting concept in that thing. But there was no like specific steps or anything like that. It was just the type of like 
hormones that they have, like one switch had to be in contact with another switch to activate that type of designation. But well, the other one that I read with a switch was like um, Naruto was like an alpha and Sasuke was an alpha and they were like best friends for forever. But Sasuke was in a relationship with Kiba who was like, um, some special something. I can't remember the name of what his designation was. That was deep in the fucking Omega verse. Naruto <laughs> <laughs> so, fan fiction. Really? <laughs> fan fiction rules. Yes. Uh, I'm like Ori in this sense, I guess, right? Uh, but yeah, he he was dating Kiba, and Kiba was like this thing that like they it's not like there's a lot of information on it, but they kind of treated it like an old maid's tale or something where they, you know, if you allow them to like come in or whatever, like you switch. So it happened. So Sasuke turned into an Omega. Um, but it wasn't like his, like his organs didn't change in the same way that Aruka did. So it was more just like, you know, he, he started producing slick because he didn't before because he was an alpha. Um, and like he started reacting to alphas in the way that he didn't before, but that was like the only sort of change. It wasn't like, you know, your organs were rearranging itself, right? Like everything kind of stayed the same. Um, so I don't know. For me, I I feel like I if I were to write an Omegaverse story, I would definitely ease off the slick because I think like at that point it's just not realistic. Not to say that like it has to be realistic because obviously this is an unrealistic world, but I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a bit too much. But I definitely don't think I would have a switch in there. I feel like I would not want to have like a very complicated world. You know, I feel like everybody's kind of born as they are, and yeah, sometimes you get like late bloomers. Um, and like I did read a story where Iruka was like an alpha prime, um, where like he can actually affect not just Omegos but all their alphas, which I thought was kind of cool. But I feel like I personally would prefer a simplistic world um, that was more like closely aligned with our world and one where um, it didn't just happen overnight. Because I've read some stuff where like it happened like 50 years ago and everybody's just getting used to it. Now, I would probably do it where like it's existed for a really long time. So there are things like suppressors and there's still stuff like so people can easily navigate the world as like betas, you know, if they want to. Um, and they don't want their secondary like gender to sort of like control their life because a lot of times it is really about your secondary gender like controlling your life and also why is it is that your secondary gender probably because I guess you have to wait to present so you kind of like fit into like the binary of male female first and then when you're like 14 or whatever like whenever you know puberty hits that's when you present and you know I guess that's when you kind of figure out like what other your secondary gender is I guess whatever um what like i think i would include true match true pairs or true matches or whatever you want to call it they call it different things in a lot of different worlds but i would definitely include that because obviously like what's a romance if you're not faded (laughs) 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 i mean you don't have to like each other to be faded but you know i kind of think that would work i know for me personally i think you know I'm not saying this is going to be for sure, but this, I definitely am going to work more on actually writing a story because I feel like I've said it for a long time. I've tried it for a long time. No, that was my, that's my, that's one of my goals this year for sure. Oh, look at that. For sure. Yeah. Because I've had it for so long. And like, as I was reading a lot of these, um, as I was reading a lot of the, 
uh, academy books and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like thinking about how I've wanted to write my face story for the longest, you know? Right. You want to write, write your face story? I wanted to write a story. Um, I have two stories that I have in mind. Um, one is more of a story about witches, like black witches. Um, and then where like the line is dying and then basically like it's, you know, reimagine it's, it's, it comes back, it's reborn kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to write a story about child soldiers um, who are grown up, like it's 10 years later mm-hmm. and they're still fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so, we talked about that. Yeah. 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 So I think those are things that I, I would really like want to actually put to paper for, for reals this time so yeah we'll keep you guys updated but yeah that's why like when you were talking about omegaverse because i also read a lot of omegaverse i feel like it's something that i do enjoy reading um but i also kind of i think my minds are definitely my preferences are definitely so like i know i think because you read a lot more like um just male centered omegaverses than i do um, so when you were talking about like secondary gender and stuff like that, I was like, that doesn't exist in a lot of the books that I read. Like, it's just like, okay, because they don't consider being, they just call them designations most of the time. So they don't consider them mm. like genders. They're just like, okay, what's your designation? And um, it's like, okay, I'm an alpha. No, I'm actually not an alpha. I'm an omega, you know, stuff like that. But anyways. I just, I just wanted so, to say that. I just randomly thought about it. But yeah, last thing. Well, I want to say last thing. What would you prefer to be? An alpha, omega, or beta? Me? I am an alpha. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, thinking about it, I probably would end up being an, a beta. Like, I just think personally, like, that's just looking mm-hmm. at my life. I feel like I would end up being a a beta but if i had to choose i probably wouldn't want to be an omega to be quite honest i would, like, it's I would definitely food. be an alpha because like the thing is too like i love reading i love reading books with female alphas i just don't i just love it mm. i love reading books with female alphas and so um i would rather i would rather you know what nope i'm not gonna say it nope because nobody's canceling me <laughs> So, anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to us. <laughs> hear my explanation for why I picked Omega. Okay. <laughs> no, you picked uh, Beta. No, I said you I said, would likely be a Beta, but if I had to choose, I would choose to be an Omega. Oh, I thought you said I don't yeah. know who would choose no. to be an Omega. Anyways, continue. No, no. I, why I is would, it because you want to be coddled? Is it because you want to be coddled? Okay. But also too, I would literally it's like bottoming from the top, right? Like I feel like I would be in Omega, mm. but I would definitely not be a standard Omega. I would be like, okay, so what do you bring to this table? Like it's not just like mm. hormones and heats and all this shit. No, 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 sir. I just don't want to be I just don't want to be batteried, I don't think. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But yes, anyways, that is the episode, guys. Uh, we hope you had a good time. We hope you've had a good new year this January. And you can reach us on Twitter at Soju Chronicles or on Gmail at Soju Chronicles at gmail.com. And yeah, thanks for giving us your time. If you have any recommendations for anything or you just 
want to um, talk about Star Wars um, and all of the books that Nikki has read. Omegaverse. Uh, <laughs> Omegaverse. What would you, you know what? That should be the question. If you could choose, what would you choose? Alpha, Beta, or Omega? Or one of the <laughs> other random designations that kind of pops up in different series. Let us know what you guys would choose if you could. And yeah, we're going to go. Uh, we hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye.